Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog, All Together, at altogether.swe.org. Looking for more information and data on women in engineering? Head over to research.swe.org and review the groundbreaking research that SWE has been conducting. SWE's research efforts include reporting on women of color in engineering and how community colleges may play a role in getting more women to graduate with engineering degrees. You can also check out the annual SWE Literature Review in SWE Magazine's State of Women in Engineering issue. Hi, I'm Marissa Doyen, the Hispanic Heritage Month lead within the Latinos Affinity Group of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's diverse podcast series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. Today, I'm joined by Aline Velez-Vega, Vice President at Kimley Horn and a Director of SWE's Board of Directors. Eileen earned a bachelor's from the University of Puerto Rico at Mayaguez and a master's in civil engineering from Mississippi State University. Her Swede journey began as a UPRM collegiate member, which sparked her involvement that has resulted in 20 years of an amazing Swede career, having served in local, regional, and society positions. Eileen started her career in 2003 as a research civil engineer in the U.S. Army Engineering Research and Development Center in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Today, she is one of the managing partners of Kimley Horn, Puerto Rico, and contributed to the effort of establishing this subsidiary as the first Caribbean office created by Kimley Horn. Thanks for joining us today, Eileen. Gracias, Marisa. Thank you, thank you. I'm honored to be here today. We're happy to have you. Uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, so for the first question that we have for you, what is your connection to the Latinos Affinity Group? Well, I started participating in the Latinos Affinity Group during a SWE annual conference a few years ago. I was very interested when I saw the Latinos Affinity Group meeting on the schedule, and I decided to attend. After that, after the meeting, we all went out to dinner and got to know each other better. And it was just really, really great to meet more SWE members with such diverse backgrounds and similar life experiences as I had um, growing up as a Latina in Puerto Rico, right? Um, I started participating in their meetings, and, and they invited me to be in their panels during SWE annual conferences. And this year, as SWE director, I'm one of the two board of director sponsors of the Latinos Affinity Group. Yes, and we love that. Um, could you walk <laughs> us through your academic and professional accomplishments? Sure. So as you mentioned in the opening comments, I graduated with a bachelor's in civil engineering from the University of Puerto Rico at Maya West in 2003. And I actually joined SWE in 2000. I was walking the hallways of the electric, uh, electrical engineering um, building. And my best friend and I were just looking at the billboards and, and the, the, uh, the bulletin boards. And SWE had a meeting. And I decided, you know what, let's just go to this. She encouraged me to do it. She said, this will be fun. And so we joined SWE. Um, I attended the first SWE annual conference in Denver in 2001, a lot smaller than what SWE annual conferences are now. And from that moment on, I've been a devoted SWE member. Um, I was so impressed by seeing so many women engineers in one place. Um, I always say that Denver was the first time in my life that I saw snow. And this is in the summer, but we went to Pikes Peak and, and did some tours and 
And I was so amazed, so excited about the experience. Um, and I've always said that I've been very blessed to have found SWE uh, in college. And I thank them for all the leadership and professional development opportunities that I've had in these last 20 years. Um, so after graduation, I started my first real world engineering job at the Airfield and Pavements Branch at the U.S. Army Engineer Research and Development Center in Vicksburg, Mississippi. So I went from Puerto Rico to Mississippi, which was a little bit of a change. Um, it's a little <laughs> different. I started as a research civil engineer and I loved it. Um, during my years with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, I completed my master's degree in civil engineering. Um, the work was very, was really uh, engaging and, and very challenging and there was always something new. Um, I visited several military bases in the United States and also around the world. And that all strengthened my love for aviation. And I always say that aviation and airports are mini cities. So this means that we can do multidisciplinary projects within airport boundaries and we never get bored. So as an airport engineer, I design and, and, and manage uh, construction projects for different airports um, so that we can safely conduct the construction and, and operate and still operate the airport and continue with the airport operations. Um, in Puerto Rico, as you've mentioned as well, I'm leading the Kimley Horn office. I relocated to Puerto Rico in 2014 to lead this office. And I'm now the aviation consultant for all the 10 airports on the island and managing the airfield improvement projects uh, of all these airports. So it's really awesome work that I'm doing here in Puerto Rico, and I'm super happy to be back home. Yeah, that's incredible that, you know, you basically, you know, started and Look where you are now. So that's very cool. Um, what <laughs> yeah. initially started uh, and sparked your interest in STEM? So growing up in the island um, of Puerto Rico, it's very it's very simple or, or, or easy early on in your life to understand how transportation and, and what role airports have and how, what roles airports play in your life to stay connected with the world. So I was always very interested in travel and my mother when she was young, she wanted to be a Pan Am stewardess, and I think that she transferred all that love for airports and aviation to me. Um, she did a lot of uh, financial economic sacrifices uh, growing up, um, and she always allowed me to travel and see the world. Um, she was a teacher. My dad was a sales representative. So we grew up in a humble family, but they always allowed me to have opportunities to see the world, to, to travel. Um, and when I was in high school, I participated in math and science camps. I wanted to be an astronaut or work in an area related to aerospace and aviation. So I was thrilled when my mom and dad were able to pay for space camp. And I went in 1997, I believe it was, at Kennedy Space Center. Um, there are no engineers in my family. So a high school counselor recommended engineering because I was really good in math and science. Um, so I decided for civil engineering because of the roles and the impact that civil engineers have in our society and our everyday task. So once in college, I applied and I was selected in a NASA Marshall Space Flight Center undergraduate program. And then I did a co-op program with them. So I worked at NASA for about two years. Uh, then after graduation, I decided I was going to go work for the Army Corps of Engineers um, in Vicksburg, Mississippi on the Airfield and Pavements Branch. And that was it. Now I'm here having this really cool career that I think started, um, you know, around high school. And I have my parents to thank because they always gave me the opportunity. And even though 
they didn't quite understand why engineering, they were always super supportive and they were always very proud. And they keep, they always tell, tell people, my daughter is this really awesome engineer. So their support was definitely very helpful as I got interested in STEM. That's awesome. Um, so what is significant to you about being a Hispanic or Latina leader within your company and within SWE? Well, this is very important. Um, as a Latina in STEM, I learned that we can be positive role models for younger girls and professionals, especially when you look at the statistics and it shows that we represent only a two to 3% of the STEM workforce. So immediately you see that representation is important. There's, there's a lot that we can still do to help these statistics and to, and to promote engineering or STEM um, to our Latino community. Sometimes it's hard to see ourselves reflected or becoming the CEO or part of a board of directors if we can't see ourselves in the faces of the current leaders. Um, so it's important as a leader in my company in SWE that I represent Latinas in STEM and very proudly my, my Puerto Rican heritage. I'm always very proud of saying where I come from and, and, and I've never seen um, my my Latina, my being me being Latina, uh, being an obstacle for for I can for what I can accomplish. Um, it's also about breaking stereotypes and demonstrating our talents and what we're able to accomplish. We never know who's watching us and who we're actually going to be inspiring next. Um, when I started in Kimley Horn in 2006, there were not many graduates from Puerto Rico, and currently in the company we have an office in Puerto Rico and many graduates from the University of Puerto Rico at my OS, which is my alma mater, and the Polytechnic University, which that's the other big engineering school on the island. Um, last week, our company started celebrating the Hispanic Heritage Month, and I was one of the employees that was featured. So I focused my article on education and the wonders that our culture and our island of Puerto Rico have to offer to the world. Sometimes you see a lot of negative media, and, and the news portrays um, what's going on in Puerto Rico as very negative. So myself, for me, what's important is demonstrating that, yes, even though we have some economic and political turmoil, that there's also a lot of great things happening on the island and talented people that have so much to give to the world and that we're doing amazing things, even within the circumstances that we're going through. So for me, it is super important to be a positive and a very powerful voice for those that need representation. Wow. Thank you. Um, what would you say? These are some of the things good. that I love to discuss. <laughs> so you let me know. <laughs> That's good. No, I love hearing that. Um, what would you say is your superpower? Uh, that's cool. So today I actually shared a TED talk from America Ferreira that spoke about Latinos and about our identities being our superpower and not an obstacle. And I honestly believe this is true for me and for so many Latinos out there. Um, but I also believe that all engineering working moms are superheroes. <laughs> I gotta say <laughs> that I'm a mother. I have a nine-year-old daughter named Ana Isabel. And you know, I'm a business leader, I'm a project manager, I'm a team leader, plus all the sweet leadership roles. And I'm also a community volunteer for um, mainly cancer uh, organizations. I'm a wife and I'm also a daughter and a friend, but I always see that my responsibility as a mother to this nine-year-old beautiful daughter is very important. So I take that very seriously. And 
before I can be a superhero to the world, I want to be able to be inspiring and, and, and be the superhero for this little girl that's watching me. Um, so on top of all that, I would say that determination and resilience are part of my superpowers, um, not giving up when things get really tough and when you have to come back from difficult situations. All those have pretty much formed who I am. And I believe that's part of the superpower that I have. I love that. I love moms as superheroes. Yeah, um, we definitely are. So all those, I, all those I, I 100% believe you, yes. Um, what kind of obstacles, I know you kind of touched on this earlier, but what kind of obstacles have you faced um, as a double minority in engineering, being both mm -hmm. Latina um, and a girl, and how have you overcome those? Uh, and if you have any, what advice would you give to the younger generation of people like you? That's a very good question, and, and I like that. Um, throughout my career, I've had many opportunities to, to break certain stereotypes and educate others. I think it's very easy for us to get upset and frustrated when some people ask us some questions that we just roll our eyes and say, oh, my goodness. But that is a perfect opportunity for us to educate others. Um, I'm still considered a young adult, so many times when I start a new role or a new project, I can see the apprehension in the clients or the project contractors. Um, I remember one time when I started a new airport project, the contractor told me, no offense, ma'am, but I thought as a party manager, you would be older. And I usually mm -hmm. take it as a compliment and I laugh because, <laughs> well, this is who you get with my voice and my short, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm only five feet, five feet tall. Um, mm -hmm. And I still look very young. So you just rub that off and you continue doing your work. And I believe that when that happens, when people see you and hesitate, like, who is this girl? Because that's what they think when they see me coming into, into a project. Who is this girl? The only thing you can do is let your work speak for yourself. Um, and I've been able to earn the respect of the contractors, the clients, my peers, uh, my partners in the organization. And you just have to show them what you know and, and learn your stuff. Be an expert in your field and let them know what you can do by doing a great job. Um, also recognizing that when we need help, we, we can look for partners and reach out. And I have amazing partners within the firm and even outside our firm that I'm able to call if I need some help. Um, the other important thing is recognizing our unconscious bias and other is unconscious bias and allowing ourselves to be more open and accepting before we judge. Because uh, sometimes we see somebody and, and we let the first impression uh, ruin it for us. And I think that for myself, when I come into a certain project, I, because I look so young and sound young, um, sometimes it's hard for people to believe that I can do the work. But that doesn't stop me. That, that's something that I've learned that is part of who I am. And I'm just going to do my job and do what I know best. And usually it turns out very well. The other thing is that I've never seen my race or ethnicity as an obstacle for a successful life or a career. I just never seen that as a problem. Um, and I got to tell you a, a short anecdote. I found out that I was a minority when I was doing the NASA internship in 2001. I was 21 years old. Before that moment, and it was after a webinar, that uh, a seminar that we had um, with, about diversity, um, the speaker was talking about diversity and how as, as an African-American woman, she had been able break a lot of stereotypes and boundaries within her work at NASA. And I thought it was so amazing. But after that presentation, um, within my peers of the NASA students, 
um, they told me, you know, you're part of the minorities that she's talking about. And I just looked at them like, I am? <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Coming from Puerto Rico, I didn't know what that meant or that I was classified as a minority. So being naive in that sense helped me believe that I was just as qualified as anybody else. And coming from Puerto Rico was just quick geography for me. It wasn't an impediment uh, to my value as an engineering student. It, I didn't think that I was not capable of doing great things. And, and I, that's the same attitude I've had all throughout, throughout my life. Um, the fact that I'm from Puerto Rico and I'm Latina and, and I'm a woman doesn't have anything to do with the capacities that I have as an engineer. Um, so I've never seen that as an obstacle. And I think that's also helped me um, be successful in what I do because I never have that in my mind that that's going to stop me. It, it, it really is more of a motivation than anything else uh, because I know other people are watching and that it might inspire someone else. So as advice for the younger generation, don't be afraid to be the first one in your family or the pioneer at work or anywhere you go. Don't do it because you want to be first. Just do it because somebody had to do it, right? Um, having self-initiative and never waiting for others to give you an opportunity to do something. Um, we have to be proactive and you have to know that your career success is your responsibility and nobody's going to care about your career as much as you should yourself. So we have, I want to encourage other students to focus also on, on, on self-initiative and also on focusing on their or in, in engaging into being more active in, in, in organizations and even at work when there's an opportunity, but also focus on developing their communication skills, especially public speaking. I hear a lot of students when I recruit or when I interview that they're very afraid of this part of, and it's scary to them to, to be in front of people and to talk. You know, public speaking is just like a really scary thing to do. Um, and sometimes when we are Latinos, we also worry about our accent. A lot of us, are, Spanish is our first language and English is our secondary language. And I've seen when we, when we recruit sometimes that students get very self-conscious about their accent. And I, I, don't, I always tell them, don't be afraid to sound different, but embrace it. You know, it brings diversity and also it brings a different rhythm to the conversation. So that is not going to take away from you being a confident person. You can develop a strong presence even if you do have an accent. That has nothing, that's not going to take away from who you are. And we can be the best engineers in the world, but if we cannot communicate our ideas, we're never going to be able to, to make the impact that we so much desire. That's so true. That's, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that statement. Um, so you've established yourself as quite the leader. Um, what kind of advice would you give to current engineers who are looking for ways to move up the ranks uh, within leadership? I always recommend um, engineers to get involved in professional organizations. I learned this early on in college. Um, I'm a member of SWE, obviously, but I'm also a member of the American Society of Civil Engineers, uh, Women Aviation International. I participate in transportation research board committees, uh, technical committees. So it's always important to grow that sphere of influence within the company and outside the company as well. A positive visibility at all times is very important. And you can't be afraid of self-promotion. Sometimes we see self-promotion as bragging, but when you are responsible for your success in your career, you do have to do some self-promotion and that is okay. You're not gonna do it because you're bragging. 
you're doing it so that when an opportunity comes, people think about you and say, oh, you know, Aileen wanted to do this. Or Aileen wanted to open an office in Puerto Rico the first day she started the company. So we're opening an office in Puerto Rico. She's the woman for the job. And actually, that's a true story. <laughs> um, so so you always have to be you can, you have to be comfortable in doing a little bit of self-promotion of what you are doing uh, within the company and outside of the company so that you have this positive visibility in the eyes of the leaders and the people that are making decisions. Interesting. Thank you. Um, so I kind of want to touch a little bit on um, Latin American culture. I mean, you've grown up mm -hmm. in Puerto Rico. You went to, you know, university there. Um, what parts of the Latin American culture do you enjoy most or did you miss most in the U.S. when you were here? Uh, well, everybody that leaves their country um, always misses the family um, and the local food and the local culture. Um, I left in college and went to Alabama um, to start my internship at NASA. So when I left to go to Mississippi, it was hard, but I had already been gone for about two years so it was a little easier it's never easy um but it, it made it a, i knew what to expect i knew what to expect living in the south and i was already independent enough where i knew that this is going to be hard but i've done it already i can do it um, but i think that definitely in latin american culture we're very close to our families our families are a priority and a lot of times we decide a lot of things based on where our family is um, when we moved, my husband and I moved from Mississippi to Florida, uh, we did it because we wanted to be closer to family. Um, and, and it made it easier as well for them to come visit and, and for us to start our own family. We wanted to be in an area that seemed more uh, closer to home. So I think that in Puerto Rico, I mean, our, our culture and heritage is so diverse and so beautiful. Um, but I would say that my favorite... <laughs> tradition or or i would say time of the year to be in puerto rico and i know a lot of uh latin american countries will be uh, in agreement in agreement with me is during christmas time um we have longest christmas in the world in puerto rico it starts <laughs> in, uh, right around thanksgiving and it ends around the end of january um we've got mm -hmm. christmas day but we also have epiphany which is january 6th um, we've got festivals and family and food and parties and and just it, the parrandas, which, you know, are the, the really fun parties that you take from house to house. And it's just so much <laughs> tradition and so much of being close together that most of the Puerto Ricans that live in the United States or anywhere in the world, this is the time of year when we come back to visit family uh, and to spend time in the island. Also, the weather's really nice during that time, too. So, so definitely that's one of my favorite things that I really missed during um, my 11 years in the U.S., but I would always come back during December and January to visit my family in Puerto Rico during Christmas time. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so one last question for you. Um, I hope it's okay that I go a little off script here, but what do you think <laughs> sure. is one of the, the most unique and important uh, qualities or aspects that you bring to your company as a Latina? Well, definitely, I think resilience is one of those. Um, not giving up, perseverance, determination. I think that that is one of the things I bring in, probably because I always knew I had to work really hard um, to earn respect and to study and, and to earn 
um, enough money to be able to go to school and then move to the U.S. So I was always very determined and always had this very goal-oriented mindset. And I knew I had to work hard and that didn't discourage me. Uh, it never has. But I got to tell you that um, after, and this is this happened about three years ago when Hurricane Maria uh, came and destroyed Puerto Rico, um, my company was very concerned about the office and what would happen after we were having so many difficulties in the island. And I always told them, this is going to work out. Let's just stay, let's, let's keep the faith. And, and, and I stay very positive. Um, they always said I was really optimistic, which was hard during such difficult circumstances. But I didn't want to give up. And I told them, we're not going to give up. We're going to stay here. We're going to make this work. They trusted me. They supported me. And now we have a thriving office with amazing clients and full-time staff and, and a wonderful few years ahead of us, right, that we can look through and, and have sustainable work. But that would have never happened if I would have given up. If I would have been like, you know what, this is really hard. The island was hit so terrible. There's no power. There's no resources. There's no communication. I'm done. I'm hanging my gloves and I'm going. Over there in Florida was easier. So let me just go back. I didn't do that. I knew that, you know, life sometimes throws you a lot of curveballs and you just have to adjust. Um, so building that resiliency in myself and in my work and, and in everything I do um, is extremely important. And I believe that it was because of the way that I was brought up that I was able to do that and that I'm that I'm just that's one of my, my strongest qualities. And, and I've applied it to everything I do. Absolutely. Uh, well, Eileen, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today and for providing some really valuable insight for our current and future engineers and leaders. Uh, we appreciate you and we appreciate having you. Thank you, Marisa. Gracias por invitarme. It was a pleasure. So thank you so much. Yes. Well, I'm Marissa Doyen, and for all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.